Hi, and welcome to the Family Business Podcast. I'm your host, Russ Hayworth, and in each episode, I will discuss and explore the key challenges facing family businesses today. As a family business advisor, I'm passionate about helping families to overcome the complex and unique challenges that come from being in business together. So if what I cover in the show resonates with you, I'm here to help, and I would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with me at fanbizpodcast.com forward slash work with Russ. You can also sign up to the newsletter there and receive the latest blogs, podcasts, and videos directly in your inbox. I would like to thank my friends at the Institute for Family Business for their continuing support for what I'm doing with this show. The IFB is a unique community of family businesses with common challenges, interests, values, and goals. To find out more about their work, visit ifb.org.uk. Let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Family Business Podcast and it's a kind of a special episode today really, it's episode 100 and when I got started recording these podcasts I didn't for a second imagine uh, that I'd ever get to episode 100, I didn't really have any expectations at all so to get to episode 100 and still be full of uh, enthusiasm and ideas for future episodes is quite pleasing for me. What I thought I'd do on this episode is just share with you some of my thoughts and reflections on what I've learned over the course of the last three or so years since I've been doing this. And some of you will be listening who may have been there since the beginning and have listened to all 100 episodes. If you have, thank you. Others may have only picked up one or two episodes so far and might not even be aware that there's another 99 to delve into so I thought I'd cover off some of the things that I've learned from that also wanted to just reflect a little bit on how it all came about and how it all started and the background to this podcast coming into the world was I had a previous career as a financial planner and I'd worked in national and regional accountancy practices in their financial planning and wealth management teams predominantly working with family-owned businesses. There was obviously due to the nature of the UK economy, the number of family businesses in the regions that I operated in. It just just was that I was working more with family businesses than not. And I moved to a smaller, actually family-run financial planning business. And at that point felt that it was the right time to really focus in on working with family owned businesses. And in particular, the role of a financial planner when it comes to family business, part of it at least, is to help with the element of financial independence. But what I also found, as well as sort of being able to talk to people about financial independence, is more and more conversations that were happening were around the emotional independence that's needed from a business in order to sort of create a succession plan or a transition from one generation to the next or to sell their business, whatever the outcome was that suited their particular lifestyle. And so it felt the right time to really concentrate on understanding as much as I possibly could and at that point I started writing a book and the book was based on there's a three circle model in 
family business academia. There are a couple of episodes where uh, I mentioned that, including an episode with John Davis, who created the three-circle model alongside a, a colleague, Renato Taguri. And I looked at that three-circle model, and I looked at the work that I was doing, and it became very obvious to me that there are many different financial and technical solutions that are available to family businesses, but not many were focused around the emotional challenges or the emotional transitions that need to happen in order for those financial and technical solutions to be successful. And so my own three-circle model that, that came out of that was one circle is the financial work, one is the technical work, and then overlaying that to create the three-circle model is the emotional circle. And the financial and technical elements of the work I was doing were based very much in logic, and obviously the emotional side is based on emotion. And when the two collided, it was often that there was a kind of a conflict between the two. Is it, it made sense and it was logical, but it didn't feel right because there were other elements, there were other issues that hadn't been addressed and dealt with far more on the emotional side. And that emotional aspect was what my book was going to be based on. So I went about interviewing lots of different people, so family businesses that I'd worked with, lawyers and accountants that I'd worked with, family-owned businesses. And it was the culmination of these interviews plus my own experiences that went into me writing the book. Now, the book is still sat on the laptop, published. Whether it ever sees the light of day, I'm not sure. But it was really the interviews that came from me doing that or following that process that for me became really insightful, really valuable. And they weren't recorded in a, a way that could ever make it onto a podcast somewhere in, you know, an, a, an echoey office with just a phone recording a, a conversation. And the context of the interview was never around a, a podcast. It was a, in, it, oftentimes a very raw and emotional interview with people who were happy to share their story with me, but not with the, the wider world. And that gave birth to the idea of a podcast and the fact that it was at the time still a relatively new format for communicating. I guess it still is to a certain extent, albeit far more established now than, than it was then. But it just seemed to make sense to be able to put the sort of views, experiences, knowledge of people who work in the field into the, the public domain via a podcast and that's kind of what gave birth to it. I had initial plan of around 50 episodes and had spoken to a couple of friends who had podcasts at the time and they obviously encouraged me to embrace it and go with it and see where it goes uh, and now three and a half years later I'm still here talking to you uh, on episode 100. Another milestone for me recently is a couple of weeks ago found out that the podcast has gone through the 100,000 download mark and again to consider that against the sort of backdrop of nervously sat there recording the first one not knowing if anyone would listen is a nice milestone to have achieved. It's, it's relative, I know there's others out there that are far more successful 
but at least it shows that hopefully the podcast is of some use to to those that are listening that's kind of further evidence as well by the fact that my career my job now is to provide advice and consultancy to family-owned businesses who are facing the challenges that I speak about every week on the show so from a very selfish perspective I'm grateful to everybody listening out there because if you weren't then I wouldn't be recording the episode <laughs> and I'd still be a, a financial planner which nothing wrong with that but but now my work is is really what my passion is and where I get the most enjoyment so very very grateful to everyone out there that's listened and continues to listen so what are some of the key things that I've learned from listening to the experts that I've had on the show the family businesses that have been kind enough to share their story and my own work with family business and in the interest of keeping this a reasonably short listen I'm not going to go into a huge amount of detail on this other than to kind of provide an overview of the key areas that I think are important when it comes to working well with your family in business together. And the first one of those is a really obvious one, but it is communication. And for me, communication has so many different levels. And often when you're sat in a meeting with different family members, there is verbal communication, there is communication that is happening through body language Uh, and other times it can just be a feeling in the room that that is communicating how things are and, and how certain subjects are being dealt with but for me the importance of communication can never be underestimated and there are various different ways in which we can improve communication and we've covered lots of those on Uh, different episodes of the podcast but one in particular that that struck me was an interview with Max Gosselin who was on episode 19 and he sort of told us about the importance of listening and I think a lot of communication and a lot of advice around communication is based on how we communicate how we articulate our words But equally, we need to be as good at listening as part of our communication as well. And his story really brought that home. And I think it's something that I certainly work on constantly is how to become a better listener, how to try to understand perspective and how others are feeling when they're saying what they're saying or doing what they're doing. And that's a really important part of my role is to listen is to understand or try to understand why certain things are happening in between individuals within a, a family system, for example. So that that episode, um, if you haven't listened to it, is, is really interesting. So that's episode 19. But overall, the importance of communication is one of the top things that has come away from the interviews and personal experiences with family businesses that I've had the second one is it's more of an observation and and it's an observation around this topic of governance now back in January 2020 I did a whole series of episodes based on governance so what is family business governance what are the particular forums that can be introduced to help improve communication I guess is the, the underlying essence of it what systems and processes can be put in place in order to help 
manage the way in which the family communicate with each other and in particular reference to the business. And governance is a word that is such broad ranging and it can seem like a, an intimidating topic to discuss with people is what we want to bring in controls on how things are done can, can be how it's seen. It can often be seen as wanting to put a break on people's behavior when in reality, if it's done well and if it's needed and if it's embraced in the way that it can be, the introduction of family governance can really enhance how you operate as a family in relation to that business. It can also help to lay out discussions in a constructive way that you would normally have to wait until it either creates an issue or it becomes an elephant in the room for it to be discussed at any point in the future. So the second lesson that I've taken away from the various different interviews that I've had, the work that I've done with families, is that there's a, a big broad topic out there that is labelled as governance. But the importance is finding what works for you as a family, be that formal, be that informal, be it structured with, you know, formal constitutions and charters and a family council and non-exec sat on your board and annual family assemblies where you discuss everything and, and do education forums and things like that down to the informal side of things as it's whatever works best for your family and what I've seen with the businesses that I've been fortunate enough to work with is that there becomes a stage where the introduction of governance does start to make a little bit more sense and it's normally an enhancement of what's already happening rather than sort of starting with a blank uh, bit of paper but it does help to um, put the, the business on a sound footing for future growth for future transitions and helps all the individuals within the business to to know what's what so that i think is an important aspect of being in business with your family is that you're not just having to run the business you're not just having to operate it as an owner and potentially someone who works in that business but you're also having to deal with family dynamics and those family dynamics can create challenges and tensions and one way, not the only way, but one way to potentially address those is through the introduction of some governance forums. So uh, again, if you haven't heard the episodes from last January, there's a whole series on governance there. The other important thing that I have seen with the interviews I've done and the work I've been doing with families is that change and transition are constants. And we inherently resist change. We like things to be how they are, but we are also in a constant state of change and transition. And I think if we were to focus more on the fact that change is constant and it's a progression towards what we want to be doing and how we want to be doing things, topics like succession planning, which seems very final, that seems very definite, it's the red circle around the date in the calendar where everything changes it, it can create a false barrier whereas the reality is we are constantly working and constantly changing and transitioning in everyday life and so for me one of the most valuable lessons from the people I've been fortunate enough to speak to and to work with is that embracing change embracing those transitions and working hard to make them as smooth as possible is a really valuable exercise and 
One of the ways in which I hope to do that within the podcast is by sharing the experiences of those that have gone through it. So a few weeks ago, we spoke to Jeremy in Australia at CompuStore and heard about his experiences of transitions and how they've worked at it and they've worked hard at it. They've taken a lot of information in from various organizations and and advisors to help them with that. And they've spotted areas where they're perhaps not best placed to make decisions and brought people in uh, who are best able to make those decisions. I think that's a really good example of how that family in particular have embraced the fact that there is a constantly changing world outside of the four walls of the family but there's also a constantly changing or a constant state of transition within the four walls of the family as well i'm going to get on my soapbox now and have a bit of a rant about one of the bugbears i have with when it comes to advice to family businesses and it's this kind of obsession that the definition of success for a family business is its ability to pass ownership from one generation to another. Now, don't get me wrong. What I'm not saying is that shouldn't happen because there are many circumstances where everything is put in place for that to happen and it should happen and is the right thing for all the individuals involved. But that's often when it's been done on a deliberate basis. There's been the discussions around whether the individuals in the next generation want to take on ownership responsibility or want to work in the business. But there's often this kind of assumption that the the way in which to define success for you as a family is your ability to pass on this business to the next generation, when that might not be the best way for you all to live happy and fulfilled lives. If discussions have taken place and actually it transpires that the next generation want to follow their own passion. There are things that you can do with the family business to ensure that it becomes an enabler for that next generation to live a fulfilled life. It may be that there are things you can do with the ownership structure that can allow people to live the lives they want to live, but without feeling as though they have to either own or work within the family business. And again, just to reiterate, I'm not saying that succession is a bad thing, but the stick that is being used to beat family businesses is this transitional succession statistic of 30% to the second generation, 13 uh, to the third, and 3% beyond the third generation. Those stats can put an awful lot of pressure on people when the reality is that if you look at non-family businesses and those that have managed to survive even if you look at the FTSE 100 or the S&P 500 those businesses haven't been around for generations not all of them they come and go in in the same way as family businesses do so I think in that sense taking some of the pressure off having to or feeling as though you have to pass this business down between generations for me is a really important part because Life is not a rehearsal. We are here once and we have this one shot of doing the best we can to have the most amount of impact we can in our lives by doing what we are um, passionate or interested in. And the likelihood of having three generations of people who all want to make a particular widget is low. And again, it happens. I'm not saying it doesn't. And where it can happen, it should happen 
and be embraced and be encouraged. But there shouldn't be this pressure on people to think, I have to do this in order to be judged as a success, either as an individual or as a family. And I think that should be reflected in the advice that's given to family firms is that it's, let's have a look at what you want to achieve as a family and how best that family business can be utilised to enable that. I'm going to get down off my soapbox now and that, that my little rant uh, is over on that particular subject. But that does bring me to my next observation or learning from what I've heard over the few years that I've been doing the podcast and in the work I'm doing with families is the need for coherency. And what I mean by that is the coherency in the advice that is delivered to family businesses. And my rally call from this episode is that if you're an advisor to family businesses, and I know there's a lot of you out there that listen because uh, you get in, in contact with me through various means. In my view, the role of the most trusted advisor is a thing of the past. And the needs and wants of family businesses when it comes to advice is to have coherent advice across the professions. So be that accountancy, law, marketing, financial planning, family business advice that I give, that kind of stuff. It should all be uh, a coherent process with advisors who are able to collaborate and able to work in the best interest of their family business clients. And it is happening more and more. I see it a lot more with the professional firms that I work with now. There is much more acceptance of what we are all experts in and the need to bring in other experts when it comes to working with our clients. But I think there's still some work to be done. And my feedback that I hear from the family businesses that I'm working with is that they would much prefer to have a team of advisors who are able to communicate effectively to help achieve the businesses and the family's goals than it would be to think I always have to go through this particular advisor because they feel as if they are the gatekeeper to all my other um, advice needs. So again, I said I was going to get off my soapbox. I step back on it for a little bit there. But from a family business perspective, when you are looking for advice and you're looking for guidance from your professional advisors, Again, I would try to focus on ensuring that there is coherency amongst your advice team. So working with advisors that are able to communicate effectively with each other, that are able to understand that the advice that a lawyer may give is likely to have impact on the advice an accountant would give, on the advice a financial planner would give. And having that level of communication and teamwork I guess despite probably not working for the same professional firm for me that can only be a positive it takes a little bit more work it takes a little bit more effort from those professional advisors to do that but everybody benefits as a result so if you are listening to this as a family business then I would make that those demands of your professional advisors and I can't see many out there if they have your interests at heart who would think that was a bad idea? So again, a, a small little rant on that one. But the amount of times I see professional advisors not talking to each other and the confusion and, and conflict that can create between two sets of advice is 
or it may or may not surprise you. There's nothing wrong with the advice, but it because it's not coherent, it, it often cuts across what others are advising you to do as well. So yeah, that that's another little rent uh, and rent over on that one. I think perhaps the biggest lesson that I have learned through doing the podcast is there are a huge number of opinions and a huge amount of advice available to family businesses. It may feel that you are alone in the challenges that you're facing because your family is your family and the personalities within those families are unique and therefore it may be that you think that what you're going through is exclusive to you and I guess what I've tried to highlight through the podcast is you're not alone this is tough being in business with family despite the huge upsides and the rewards comes with times of toughness and it being really difficult to get things done sometimes and to progress so you're not alone there is help and support available to you on last week's episode we spoke to Richard and Daniel who uh, both represent organizations that are there to support if you are looking for advice or guidance on legal aspects on accounting aspects there are great lawyers out there there are great accountants out there who can help if you're looking for help and support from a family dynamics perspective then you can get in touch with me or look for a, a family business advisor who is an expert in those family dynamics and understands the different systems that are at play within a family business but you are definitely not alone and as much as the characters and personalities within your family may be unique the challenges you're facing aren't so if you are looking at this and you're thinking we I don't really know how to start succession or I don't know how to improve this element of communication or that structure or this business idea that I've got and I don't know whether to separate it into a different business or not all that kind of stuff can be answered by great professional advisors and there are more and more out there now who understand the complexities of family business so definitely seek help and support as much as you can and then the final thing I'd like to um, say as well is is again just to reiterate my thanks for listening I'm proud of the fact that I've got to episode 100 I perhaps had a, a rough idea that I'd keep going for as long as I could with the show and again as I said at the, the beginning it's nice to get to this stage and still feel as if it's just the beginning and I have lots of different ideas around things to cover that I hope will be of use but I would also like to ask if you are listening to this and there's something that I haven't covered in the previous 100 episodes and there's obviously stuff that I won't have covered in the previous 100 episodes please get in touch and ask for episodes to be dedicated to a particular subject or a particular topic I'm more than happy to to do that I've had people get in contact before and say I think this would be a really great idea can we have um, an episode on that and and I've done it so if you are thinking oh I wish he'd cover a topic on x again you're very unlikely to be alone in wishing that that was something that was covered so please get in touch my email address is russ at familybusinesspartnership.com uh, or you can head over to the family business partnership website which is familybusinesspartnership.com and there's ways and means of getting in touch with me there and here's to the next 100 episodes thanks very much and take care
Thanks for listening. I really do appreciate it. If you found the show helpful, please consider leaving a review on iTunes and remember to subscribe to our newsletter. If what I've covered in the show resonates with what you are facing in your own family business, I can help. I provide consultancy support to family businesses of all sizes, so please get in touch if you'd like to know more. Head over to fanbizpodcast.com forward slash work with Russ. Until next time, take care.